The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. And welcome to Business is Boring. You may have seen Orange Skies vans popping up around Aotearoa. The Orange vans provide free mobile laundry and shower services for people experiencing homelessness. The service started in Australia, where in a world first, two 20-year-old mates, Nick Marquesi and Lucas Patchett, installed a couple of washing machines and dryers in the back of their old van and visited parks and drop-in centres to wash and dry clothes for free. The idea started to see if they could help with something practical for people doing it tough, but they soon found that the most valuable thing they offered was a connection and conversation. The idea spread across Australia and into New Zealand and to talk the journey, building a social impact service and what's next, co-founder Lucas Patchett joins us now. Tenakwe, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, so take us back to that beginning, like two 20-year-old mates. Uh, how did you have that idea and how did it get out of so many people throw around some ideas over a beer or something, but so few people make it happen? Yeah, Nick and I were lucky enough to go to school together in Brisbane and, and became best mates through school. And, and one of the things we really enjoyed doing at school and, and did together actually was our school ran a food service for people doing it tough. So at the age of 15, we were lucky enough to, to volunteer on this on this food van to head out a, literally a kilometre from where we, where we went to school every day and, and feed people and cook breakfast for you know, up to 60, 70 people on a morning. And I think for us, especially that first time going out, it really blows your mind that you know, just a kilometre from where we go to school, there's you know all these people in need and, and who are using the service and, and, and need, need a feed every morning. And, and so at 15, that kind of planted this little seed, sparked a lot of curiosity for both Nick and I, and we really enjoyed doing that through school, along with a lot of our mates sort of volunteering and giving back, and finished school, kind of left that part of our life behind us, and went to uni and, and worked full-time, and I, I went travelling, and um, sort of after seven or eight months, came back, didn't have a job, had no no uni on for, for a couple of weeks, and um, was ready to, to jump back in and, and crack on, and and Nick and I caught up for breakfast, and and we just sort of always talk about this idea of you know, recapturing that part of our brain that we used to do to, to give back and, and we really miss that opportunity and, and, and like I said, it was a, a good way to volunteer with your mates as well. So we're sitting at breakfast and said, oh, why don't we try something else? And, and Nick had drawn this little sketch of a, of a truck or a van with washing machines in it. Um, probably it's been sitting in his notebook for about 12 or 18 months and, and um, he said, oh, I've sort of been thinking about this again. I was like, mate, let's do it. Like, there's no time like the present. We don't have kids. We don't have mortgage. Like, why don't we just give it a crack and and see what happens? And 
and then yeah, that sort of started the journey from there of of well, how do we get this van to work? Let's get some machines. Like the whole journey really kicked off from there. But it was really just a well, if we don't do it, who else is going to do it? And, and and let's give it a go. That's so cool. And and having had that experience, I mean, a lot of people probably have. Um, you know, a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding and, and fear or they've trained themselves to, like, ignore homelessness and, um, in, you know, issues around housing supply and people people living rough. And they only notice it when something's really out of control, right, and so have, like, fear around it. Like, um, yeah, how, how, how have you gone with being able to help bring more people in to understand and have that kind of empathy and understanding that you had? Yeah, I think homelessness is such a complex and challenging issue and, and people can really struggle with it or they'll just sort of close their eyes and ignore it until it is you know, really in their face. And And I think that you know, people often say after they go travelling or they see it a lot in a place like San Francisco or Los Angeles or, or whatever it might be, but actually there's a heap of people struggling in our own backyard. There's 116,000 people in Australia, there's over 42,000 people here in New Zealand and, and that's... Um, such a broad range is not just the person you might walk past on your on your walk from the train station. It's actually people who don't have guaranteed accommodation, people in crisis accommodation, people who are couch surfing, people sleeping in cars and and, and temporary squats and, and those sorts of things. It's this really broad range of issues. It's the there's no one single reason that people get there. There's so many different ways that people get there, but also there's a lot of research and information about you know most people are only a couple of steps away from from homelessness. So it's about how we bring people on that journey, but also find a really tangible and practical way to help. And, and I think that's been part of Orange Sky's success is it is this really challenging, broad issue um, that a lot of people really struggle to get their heads around. But if we can help in one little, really simple way, give people a, an opportunity to engage um, just for a couple of hours a fortnight or a week, and, and that can make a big difference in someone's life. And I think that's one of those first steps that we can help to to, to provide that support and, and to start educating people and, and bringing people on that journey as well. So, yeah, it's definitely um, a long way to go, but but it's a, a start, definitely. And how did you go about getting started? Like, did you just, like, have a van and chuck some some machines in and, and just go turn up? Pretty much. <laughs> we, we had a we had an old van and that Nick and I ran a different project out of, and, and we sort of said, oh, this is a better idea, let's, let's give this a go. And so... We knew we need some you know, serious washing machines. We weren't just going to go to the you know, local um, electronics place and, and buy some. So we found this washing machine supplier company and who, who supplied commercial machines and, and we um, reached out and um, they were talking thousands of dollars a month in leasing and, and all these crazy excesses to make sure the machines didn't break and sort of threw a lifeline out there, said, oh, you know, someone a bit higher up we can talk to about sponsorship. You know, we think this is something that can really help people and, and can go a long way. And just so happened they were family owned, they were nationwide, but also based in Brisbane. And they agreed to a meeting, Nick and I rocked up, sort of pitched them this idea of, we've got this van, we want to call it Orange Sky, we need some machines and we'll, um, you guys are the mach- washing machine experts and let's give it a go. And they're like, machines will never work in the back of a van and who is actually going to wash and dry their clothes in a park? Like that doesn't really make sense. And we sort of convince them and, and maybe just talk them into it after a, a, a fairly long um, long meeting and, and they eventually agreed and and um, they agreed to give us two washers, two dryers. We then said, well, all right, well, how are we going to make this work? And so we had this van, we stripped it all out, we took everything out of the van and we rocked up about 
four four six weeks later after the machines they said oh the machines have arrived like come grab them I'm like oh cool so we stripped the van out we drove out and I followed Nick in my car and um, we got there and we're like okay well here's the van and then they had the four machines in boxes and they're like oh here's the here's the machines and we're like oh aren't you fitting it out like you're the washing machine like laundromat experts and they were like no 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 we're just giving you the machines like you guys need to figure it out and then it was like oh shit all right so we need to figure out like how's it all going to work and so we had a mate who was a sparky helped us out with the electric electricals we sort of figured out the plumbing and and over a couple of weekends lots of trips back and forth from the hardware store and, and eventually had this van that you know we thought would work and and so yeah it was just a case of giving it a go but also the, the great thing i think with a van is that it's you're constrained and so it wasn't this infinite number of options. We already had a van. We had to make it work within inside those four walls and, and um, that gave us a bit of boundaries to, to start with. So once we had the van, once we had two washers, two dryers, there's literally only one way that they'd fit in and um, a fair bit of banging and, and pushing later and eventually we got them in. What was it like first turning up to, you know, drop-in centres and places where people congregate? Because <laughs> it's quite like, you know, it is it is a really new idea to put to people. Hey, give me all the, give me all your clothes to wash. Yeah, yeah, it was, and we so we had this van. We sort of thought it was working. We didn't do too much testing, but we thought, you know, let's just go test out on the street. So the first spot we went was actually alongside our old school food van, and so we we rocked up and sort of parked up and. And I was in charge of setting everything up and Nick was in charge of finding some washing. And so started set it, setting everything up and, you know, unwound the hose and, and got everything plugged in and flicked the, there's one final switch to flick in the van and flicked that and massive bang. I was like, what, what was that? So I spoke to Nick and weren't quite too sure. So we called up the company and, and had the, spoke to washing machine tech and, you know, we diagnosed it and we'd actually broken both the washing machines. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, what's, what's going on? We couldn't quite figure it out. Anyway, we convinced them to give us two more washing machines, went out, swapped, swapped them over. <laughs> Next morning, same time, same place, um, tried again. Exact same thing happened, broke both the machines. I'm like, oh, shit, like, is this actually going to work? You know, how's this, you know, what's going on? But the kicker was is that there was a fella, Jordan, who was there, who'd been there the, the morning before, and he was, like, keen to, to do his washing. And, and so we'd almost... After the initial, like, we'd rocked up and people were like, oh, what, what is this van? How's it work? And, you know, people are, I think, in those situations are quite guarded. They've been done over by the system. They, you know, have, are you from a church? Are you from what organisation? Like, no, we're literally just two mates. You know, we're, we're calling ourselves Orange Sky and, and we just want to give it a go. And and so it was about sort of trying to build up that trust quite quickly. And But also with a broken van, it's really hard to sort of build that, that rapport and, and those relationships. So... So two mornings, two false starts, third morning, convinced um, Carolyn, the, the boss of this company, to give us a couple more machines and thankfully and for whatever reason she agreed and <laughs> hit the streets and, and then started started washing. And, and so Jordan was there again the third morning, chucked his T-shirts and, and bought his in the, in the washing machine and, yeah, we just started washing. And, and from there it was very quickly it evolved from that health and really tangible practical aspect, which is still really critical to what we do, but also that conversation that unfolded. Jordan went to school just up the road from me. He studied engineering at the same uni that I was studying engineering at. He'd sort of worked some big firms around Brisbane, but fallen on some tough times. And and Jordan, you know, was almost a future projection of my life. And I can remember thinking just, wow, like how powerful was that for me as a, as a volunteer, but also um, for him to have that engagement, have that opportunity to, to just connect and, and chat with people. So 
I think that it really set the tone for what was to come from from Orange Guy's perspective in conversation, but but really built around this notion of a washing machine. And and the great thing about washing is it takes time. So you have that opportunity to build trust, to build rapport, and also a bit of mutual respect in that. Well, your stuff's in the machine. You're not going anywhere. I can't go anywhere. So let's just just have a chat. Chatted, and so you pretty quickly added the orange chairs, right? So that's like as key as the machines uh, to, to to facilitate that. Yeah, it, it was really that, that within that first morning we were like, oh, we need need to get some chairs, and um, people ask us what's the significance behind six, and it was really well. We went to the shops and could only <laughs> afford six, so we bought six, and and now it's really stuck with six in each of the vans, and and that um. Yeah, set the foundation and, and became really the most important things that the vans carried was was the six orange chairs and everything else was really a magnet for drawing people there and and for for sticking around. But yeah, the chairs are really critical and and even you know on the streets of Auckland, on, on the streets of Brisbane, on the streets of Perth, wherever it might be, um, those are the central things that that sort of keep people coming back. When did you add showers and how does how does that work? How do you do a mobile shower? Yeah, it was we sort of kicked off in Brisbane we um, started getting people involved and and um, then people started reaching out saying oh we'd love to have this in Sydney and Melbourne and, and sort of growing around the country and we s- just said yes to everything and we we're just jumping on every opportunity and so sort of added a couple more vans and probably added by about van seven or eight had done Perth and sort of covered off the major capital cities in 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 Australia and we we're lucky enough by this point as well to be sort of getting quite a few volunteers on board and getting quite a few donors and, and sponsors on board as well. And and um, we'd always had this thing in the back of our mind of, well, what's the point of having clean clothes if you're not clean yourself? But we said, well, let's really focus on laundry. Like, let's prove that. And then if we can or if we want to, we could start to branch out and, and build out from there. And so we sort of had this in the back of our mind and hadn't quite come to life and, and talking to one of our donors in Melbourne and he was talking about, well, you know, what's next for Orange Sky? What, what do you want to do next? What does those next next phases look like? And, and we said, oh, well, we've always wanted to trial a, trial a shower van. And he said, here's a check, go make it happen. And just said, pretty much an open check um, to, to go figure it out. So then that went through the same phases of what we did a couple of years beforehand at, at, um, at the, on the laundry side of, well, we need a van. Um, lucky, lucky enough, we were able to buy a brand new van. And, and so the precursor for that was a van that you could stand up in. So um, we got a, a bigger van, sort of like an ambulance size size van. Um, and then it was a lot of similar technology, which was, which was awesome in terms of pumps, in terms of tanks, in terms of um, that whole system as the laundry van, which, which um, I suppose made it a little bit simpler and, and easier to, to pull off. And then a key challenge for, for a shower is actually heating. Um, and, then, and then also a bit of operational complexity in terms of you actually, instead of just putting someone's washing in the van, you've actually got someone locked in a van um, for want of a better better term for a period of time. So how you actually make sure that you can communicate with them, you can support them. If something does happen um, that you, you can work with them. So it does add an extra layer, but also from a um, impact perspective, it can, it can add tremendous, tremendous value and tremendous impact for, for people doing it tough. So yeah, it started from a conversation with a donor saying, hey, we want to make this happen. Let's do it. And then we went through all those um, same same processes, but it still comes back to, I think, having an idea, giving it a go and just refining it along the way. Like we made so many mistakes, but we're committed to that sort of longer term view and, and also knew that, you know, if we could get it right, then we could help a lot of people. So that sort of kept us going. Yeah, love it. And I reckon we come back to really interested to hear about the volunteers and the donors um, in a second, but wondering about 
yeah, what scale is it at today? Because you're saying that you you took a lot of um, you know jumped into those opportunities. Um, what does Orange Sky offer today, and where is it operating? Yeah, so Orange Sky's now um, got 38 services across 27 locations in Australia, and and um, four services across three locations here. In New Zealand, number, um, van number five just touched down. It's about to launch in the next couple of weeks. And so um, what that is now is 2,600 volunteers and I was 300 over here. In New Zealand, every week we're doing upwards of close to 2,000 loads of washing, close to 250 showers, um, but most importantly about 2,000 hours of, of conversation across 330 different locations across Australia and New Zealand. So those are service locations always in partnership with a local service provider, be it the city mission or, or be it a, a food van or, or just a community centre. And, and those um, partnerships are really critical to, to our success and to our, our model in, in terms of our mission of positively connecting people. So um, it's a, um, yeah, it's a much bigger than we ever thought it would get to when we first started, but it's, um, yeah, it's a real, real privilege to be involved with. And we'll be back in a moment to hear how Lucas helped to build Orange Sky to that scale and where they're going next. Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Tired of diesel buses? Want more cycle lanes or bus lanes? Which projects do you want Auckland Transport to work on first? They need your opinion. So head to haveyoursay.at.govt.nz forward slash RLTP to do just that. Consultation closes on 17 June. Get in quick. And we're back with Lucas Patchett of Orange Sky. So yeah, that 2,600 volunteers. How do you go about getting the word out, attracting volunteers, making it kind of like a, a safe and um, expected experience? Because I imagine there's a lot of unpredictability and randomness that's kind of built with working with people who don't have the the things in life that help to make you stable, right? Yeah, it's definitely um, a, an element. It's not the, the entire element. I think, like I mentioned Homelessness has, has so many shapes and sizes and forms and, and different reasons where people why people get there and but ultimately we're all human and I think that if you head into it with that mindset then that can transcend all uh, majority of those challenges um, that, that face face us and our volunteers so in terms of getting people on board it's a combination of heaps of different stuff it's a lot of stuff through traditional and social media it's it's from that base of volunteers that we do have you know them roping in their f- their friends and, and family it is quite a grassroots thing but also um, we can look at things from a national and across Australia and New Zealand involving some of our supporters and partners sort of brings this whole community together and I think the really beautiful thing about Orange Sky is that from a volunteering perspective is that you get people from all walks of life out on shift last night here in Auckland and you know you've got one uni student one person who works full-time and, and a fellow who's you know a, a dad of a dad of two and um, sort of a bit further on in his career and 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 then so you've got this this great mix of people and um, a, a broad range and a broad variety of people and so um, getting them involved and what keeps them coming back is nothing that we do it's really just about how we're um, engaging or how, how people are engaging with the service and and unfortunately um, there is a lot of demand for the service so 
actually enabling that and, and letting people really run with it is, is really important to us because we don't you know have massive staff teams or anything like that it's it's really a, a volunteer movement and, and so um, setting it up in a safe way for people to to do that is, is really important and um, and yeah what does a typical shift look like like what's involved for the volunteers yeah so um, one of the volunteers will go pick up the van um, they'll then drive it to, to shift location. From there, a couple of volunteers will meet them. So normally three or four volunteers per shift and, and they'll, they'll rota- rotate through on a fortnightly basis. So it's really simple. It's, it's really easy to get involved. Um, the team will set up the van. takes about three minutes to, to set up the van. It's one of our core things is that people aren't there to be engineers or to you know operate really complex systems. So it's a couple of switches. It's, it's turning the generator on or plugging the, the power in and that um, enables the, the van to be operational. From there, um, it'll be loading up the machines. People might jump in the shower, depending on the location. Um, they, they might have already, they might have a lineup already by the time they get there, um, or they'll um, sort of coordinate it as as they get there as well. So, the team's awesome and, and they're really self organised in terms of um, yeah getting people into through through the machines and, and making sure that yeah everyone's um, treated treated really really well. Once the machine's on, like I said, it takes a couple of minutes to set up the van nothing to do so you just sit around and have a chat and so that might be again in partnership with a, a local group that's putting on tea and coffee or they might be doing meals or or, or just um engaging in, in some sort of service so yeah it's a um it's a real it's it's awesome um seeing it sort of well oiled and, and operational and, and that um really makes it come to life and that happens 330 times a week across australia new zealand and with all of these connections between people getting involved uh, and these sites of you know having conversations, I bet there must be heaps of examples of people you know taking positive steps forward in life as a result of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and our theory is that we can't help anyone until you really know them or or until you have that trust. And so, how do you build trust? You build it by turning up every week. You build it by um, having those conversations and building that relationship. And and from there, from there, that's a really good foundation to take it in all different directions. In that, we're not there to fix anything or preach anything or, or solve anything. We're there to support people on their journey and, and when they're ready to take those steps, we'll be there to, to stand beside them and to support them on that journey. So if that's, again, we don't have social workers or anything working for us, it's it's really we've got those connections into all those different places that do. So um, being on the coalface and, and having those relationships up front is, is what we believe is a, a massive step in the right direction to supporting people on, on their journey. So, yeah, absolutely, we, we have... Um, those stories every week of, of people who no longer come down and use the van, which is always a bittersweet moment for the teams of someone who might have been using the service for for a little while or, or just engaging. Again, through to through to last night, where you know, it was a quite a shift. There wasn't too many people, but it was a really really awesome relationships with with people um, who had used the service and, and who were still engaging with the service. And that conversation for someone who might be ignored, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, it's um, a really a really positive part of, of their week or of their life. And in terms of the donors, I mean, you know, any kind of organisation, it, it takes so much work to get enough um, operating capital to make everything happen. Like, how do you go about um, building that kind of donor relation, those donor relationships and that network to be able to provide a reliable service? Because you don't want to be able to not be able to do it, right, once you've started doing it ever. Absolutely. And, and for us, it's... One of our core core pillars of Orange Sky is our supporters, and, and that is cuts across so many different elements. We've got you know everyday givers, so people like your mums and dads or your community groups and schools who support 
orange guy and they might provide you know one wash a week or you know a couple of washes a year whatever it might be um then we've got our corporate partners who you know help us to to bring the service on a, on a larger scale but then help with their staff and, and team as well like that and then you've got philanthropists so people you know have done really well in their life and, and their career who then support us to make the service happen and and for us like you know, I've never never had done any fundraising before Orange Guy started, so it's been a massive learning journey. And now having more people in the team that can support with that to make it all happen is um, is is really cool. Um, but it's it is definitely an, an ongoing challenge. But also for us, Orange Guy is built on conversation. So having conversation with volunteers, having conversation with friends who use our service, or having conversation with um, with supporters is, is central to what we do. And and I think ultimately that's what fundraising is built on it's built on trust it's built on conversations it's built on relationships which luckily for us um, orange guys built on that as well yeah, tell us about your setup in new zealand and how you partnered and came in here yeah so ever since we started um those requests didn't just come from your sydney's and melbourne's they came from all over the world and new zealand us uk all across europe people saying oh we'd love to bring this to, to my city and, and how do i do it and the unfortunate thing for us is that we don't have everything documented. We don't have, you know, big build plans or operational plans or anything like that. So it's really diff- it is quite difficult to 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 share some of that information. And we said, well, why don't we why don't we give it a go ourselves? And and you know, in the same way that we started, why couldn't we start up in in New Zealand and use that as a bit of a testing site for what would further international expansion look like? And so, start of 2018, we sort of said, let's give it a go by by the end of the year and. And um, that sort of led off down that whole track of saying, well, we know we need some supporters, we know we need to start accumulating some volunteers, and we know we want to actually test it to see what it, see what it looked like. So it was a, a good chunk of work that year to, to make it all happen. And, and um, lucky enough, we were able to meet some really good supporters, able to meet some really good people here on the ground in, in New Zealand. And then as soon as the van hit the ground, it was you know all of a sudden one of our busiest services across the whole whole fleet. And that really embedded that thought that, well, we need to be here, we, we want to be here, and, and how do we keep building on that foundation? And the great thing about having, I suppose, oversight over all of it is that we can really gain some efficiencies and that we don't need to duplicate everything across Australia and New Zealand. We can really lean on Australia's sort of headquarters for, for a lot of stuff, but also provide that local insight and local knowledge as well. So have a local team, but also um, supported kind of nationally or internationally as well. And at the scale you're at now, tell me how it's evolved into offering, you know, things like disaster relief and, and working with uh, Aboriginal and Indigenous communities that might be really hard to reach. Like, that's really cool, eh? Like, what, that, that kind of stuff and what else has popped up that wasn't expected from the beginning? I think for us, our, the key things that really differentiates Orange Sky is, one, those relationships that we have in those communities, and two, the actual assets in that we're in a unique position that we've got these amazing assets and no one else has access to, especially at the scale that we we have. So we're always thinking about, well, how can we utilise them in, in better ways? So from an asset perspective, um, following natural disasters, which has been everything from cyclones and floods and fires through to, I um, mean, in Christchurch earlier this year, um, there's a sewage plant ex- explosion. And so being able to support in some of those communities that didn't have access to water and, and couldn't actually wash in their their own ha- houses because of because of that, that explosion. Um, so that sort of from an asset perspective through to um, operating now in remote Aboriginal communities in Australia and that you know, some of the, the rates of things like um, scabies, trachoma, rheumatic heart disease are in epidemic proportions in across Australia in these communities and they don't exist in any other um, developed country at the scale that they do in Australia. So for us, 
we can access to laundry and, and hygiene services is really difficult um, for, for people um, in those communities. So Orange Guy can play a part in that, which has been another massive part of the journey. And we've now got 10 services across um, First Nations communities in Australia, which is so cool to be able to utilise the, the vans in those ways um, through then those relationships. So for us, you know, you, how do we use our van to provide more support to people, to provide better support? You know, we have had people coming out giving haircuts. We've had people out on our vans giving COVID vaccines. But so it's really that um, foundation that we can use to um, bring people in to further, further support people on their, their journey as well. And, and that um, really knows no bounds in terms of how we can bring people into that community support. And it's been a pretty quick run to build to a scale to be able to do that, really, in, in the in, in the term of time. Hey, eh? like you started in about twenty fourteen, and yeah, wow. What what? When did you know that you know it was um, it was working? And is there anything you wish you'd kind of known earlier in your journey? I think for us, the when we knew it was working was almost immediately when. You know, when it didn't work and we had people already waiting for us the second day we, we were supposed to rock up and I think all of a sudden we were like, oh, we're, I think we're onto something here. Like, And it can go beyond so far beyond just the food van sort of setups is that we first time we rocked up to a big, you know, big not-for-profit in Australia and said, oh, hey, we'd love to, you know, just let you know what we're doing. And they're like, oh, actually, washing is one of the hardest things for us to manage. Like, we'd love if you guys could come here. And we were like... There's this massive like international charity that's supporting all these people and yet they can't even manage the washing in one of their centres in, in Brisbane. And, and so we're like, oh, okay, that sort of expanded the model a little bit more and then we sort of kept growing and, 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 and evolving um, through that through to a couple of months in as someone reached out to us on our, on our, just on our email and said, oh, I'd love to come check out the vans and, and have a chat about what you're doing. And, you know, we were still 20 and, and we were just chatting and showing it showing this lady the van and, and about halfway through we're out on shift and, and she said oh what do you guys want next and we're like oh, i want a second van and she pulled out a check and literally wrote us a check and said go build a second van and we were like all of a sudden our minds were i think blown of that you know how could someone be this generous so quickly and and really make this happen and i think that was then well we almost had this obligation or um commitment to expanding to growing and to helping more and more people and and like I said we jumped on every opportunity we said yes and, and that sort of just avalanche of momentum just really started to, to grow and to build and now it's about how do we keep that momentum going um, but also scale in a really sustainable way yeah where do you see it going next for us um we did like the grown-up thing maybe a couple of years ago throughout COVID and said oh let's look at our five-year strategy and five-year plan and and but essentially what it boiled down to is how do we help more people so we want to triple our impact over those those five years and we're about halfway through that now to, to helping 40,000 people in um in a couple of years time in 2025 and and that um doing that and and doing it at a scale so it's continuing to scale it's continuing to grow but also harnessing that magic of our own sky which is around innovation which is a bit of a buzzword but it's it's really that idea of having an idea, giving it a go, and then continually refining it and helping more and more people. So we're um, converting all of our vans to solar and battery power now that we've found a way to be able to do that. We're testing different asset models. So we're actually operating out of laundromats and, and out of um, fixed um, fixed models in smaller communities that they can't actually support a van from a, from a volunteer and from a financial perspective. So sort of trialing all these different options and, and models to help us to scale and to help more and more people, which has um, yeah been been an awesome journey over the last little while. And then, in terms of even even beyond that, it's about how do we harness that those connections, those relationships in that 
you know, we've got 330 spots a week that volunteers and friends come and converse every single week. In a couple of years' time, that's going to be up to 500. And so we're in a really unique position then to how do we capture that data? How do we keep building on that trust? How do we, you know, start to look at themes and look at, well, how can we actually help people more? And I, I think that's a really unique and awesome position to be in that we're building this foundation of connection and, and relationships. And then we have an opportunity over the, the coming years to actually really make an imp- impact on homelessness in terms of supporting people on their journey, in terms of getting people out of the cycle, in terms of actually just making that journey a little bit easier in the time that they are in it, but building resilience in some of those communities as well. So yeah, long-term, like Orange Sky ideally doesn't exist, um, but for, for now, how do we make the most of it and how do we make the biggest impact on homelessness? What advice would you have for someone who maybe does see a big problem? Like it seems like it's so obvious, right? Someone would be doing it, something like this. But then you look into it and it's not being done and even the great big non-profits, as you said, as you said were finding it hard. Like what, what advice would you have for someone who, who does see a big problem and is wondering about jumping in and trying to fix it or help or help? Yeah. I've, I've said it a few times and it's one of our one of our values at Orange Skies, gives things a crack. And it's actually how do you start small, give it a go and then, if it works, really double down, keep building on it. If it doesn't, actually iterate, change and either keep evolving it and stop doing it or keep evolving it until it does work. And I think um, that notion of giving it a go and refining it is, is really important. So if you do have an idea, um, there's always ways to start small, to test small and, and you don't need to have millions of dollars or all this time. You just need to find a way to, to start. And as, as a really live example in New Zealand here, the fellow who helped bring us over um, he actually was running shifts out of a laundromat in Auckland, in, in Manurua. And he was just because he was passionate about, he was concerned about homelessness in his own backyard. And he thought that washing was a really tangible way to help. And so he'd started doing this, then stumbled across Orange Guy, reached out and said, hey guys, I love this. Um, can we have a go? And, and Eddie became you know central to Orange Guy's success over the last four years. And and But that started so small, you know, cost 10 bucks to do a load of washing at the, at the laundromat. And, and that's a really easy way to start testing something like this to then grow into a you know, bigger and, and more expensive van and, and full organisations built around, around this. So yeah, start small, give it a go and just um, keep refining it. For anyone listening, how can they get involved and help out? So um, easiest way is just to tell someone about it and share a little bit about the Orange Sky story. Um, like I said, we're built on conversation, um, so that's really, really important. Um, also to volunteer, jump on board. You don't need to be a washing expert or shower connoisseur. You just need to have a bit of time and, and want to give back in your community. And, and thirdly is through donating. Um, so $26 here in New Zealand to, to deliver someone a safe hot shower and a load of washing, and that can be all done on the website, which is orangesky.org.nz. Yeah, love it. And as a final thought, what will success be for you and for Orange Sky? Ultimately, like I said before, it's for Orange Sky actually not to exist in that um, how do we, you know, ideally we, there are no people that we need to support um, from a homelessness perspective, but also the great thing for us is that we can be responsive, we can be agile. So um, things like loneliness, which is in epidemic proportions, not just in homelessness, but across the whole whole world at the moment. And that's a, a key pillar that, that Orange Guy leans into in terms of conversation and, and building relationships. So how do we continue to, to lean into that? So from a success perspective, it's continuing to support people through whatever journey they're, they're going on. It's leaning on those two key elements that we have, which is our, our chairs and, and those relationships and the, the vans being being really unique as well. So I think that sets us up for to take it in so many different directions. Um, but in the short term, it's continuing to support people, helping 40,000 people in, in 2025 
and um, yeah, just engaging as many people in, in the Orange Guard journey as, as possible. Yeah, magic. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing the story today and can't wait to see yeah, where you take it next. That's Thanks. Lucas Patcher, co-founder at Orange Sky. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Lucas, to you for listening, and for everyone who helps make this happen, like our producer, Samuel Robinson. Do follow Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to rate and leave a review if you like what we do. Enohora. From the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.